Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Coin Bureau podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. If you're going to invest any money into something, you need to satisfy yourself that it's worth doing. So you need to do your own research. Welcome, everyone, to the Coin Bureau podcast. My name is Guy. My name is Mad Mike Mooch. We have been talking for the last few episodes about Bitcoin. And if the listeners have been keeping up to date with that, they should know all about the granddaddy of all cryptocurrencies, the the original and many would say the best. Mm. So we're starting to delve deeper into crypto now. But before we do that, I thought it would be a good idea to do an episode uh, where we explain some of the terms, some of the jargon basically, that people will encounter when they enter the cryptoverse. As you delve deeper into crypto, into the cryptoverse, uh, you're going to come across, it has its own language, like like anything, really. Uh, it has its own, it turns a phrase, its own little quirks, its own slang. Slang, exactly. And to an outsider, I think, to someone coming to it fresh, it can all be a bit confusing. I mean, some of it, let's face it, is self-explanatory. It's the sort of thing you can like pick up. Like cryptoverse. 
like cryptoverse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, but not all of it. Some of it can be a little impenetrable. And it's kind of interesting how some of this slang has formed. It is, yeah. It is. It's. It's re- when I was when we were digging into when we were digging down into this to to, to research this. It was uh, it was fascinating to sort of see because sometimes you just take things at face value. Don't yeah. You just like oh okay well that's yeah that's what that means. But actually, there's always kind of a bit of a story behind it, and and quite often it's it's kind of fascinating. It really sort of puts flesh on the bones. Don't mm. you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. As with most sort of you know etymology, is that it? Yeah, I think that is, yeah. Right, come okay. on, educate me. <laughs> okay, let's let's start with the big one. Okay, the one that you're going to see all the time in crypto, and that is good old HODL. HODL. You've heard this before, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's an acronym, or it's evolved into an acronym. It stands for Hold On For Dear Life. Oh. Yeah. I, I thought it was just uh, a misspell that kind of got... Um, popularized and then people like spell it wrong on purpose i thought it was just hold 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 you're right oh it is. you're right you've you've basically nailed another feed, field goal there two and two yeah it's unstoppable <laughs> so it's one of these weird things it's kind of so is it is so it's not a hold on for dear life it's well it's some... come to it's come to sort of stand for that but actually it started off on the uh, on the bitcoin talk forum in a post from December 2013 okay um so a user called uh, gamecubi gamecubi yeah he wrote a post it was kind of kind of long and kind of rambling uh, and it was titled i am hodling Okay, and it turns out that he'd meant to say, obviously, I am holding. But uh, Bitcoin was going through a bit of a dip around that point. The price had kind of crashed a bit. So a lot of people were a little disconcerted, you might say. So he uh, apparently, uh, I think according to the post, he'd had a bit of scotch uh, and his girlfriend had gone out to a lesbian bar. And he just decided, (laughs) this is all in the post. He was holding on to that relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, things weren't going great. No. The price of a Bitcoin had gone down. His girlfriend was quite clearly... His alcohol usage had gone up. Yeah. And yeah, his girlfriend was quite clearly (laughs) looking elsewhere from the sound of it. Uh, So yeah, the post was, um, I am hodling. And basically that became a meme. Yep. And here we are. And uh, yeah, somewhere along the way, uh, it people attached this, it made it into an acronym. And that is kind of what it stands for. Hold on for dear life. And you use HODL. I mean, HODL. Well, there's is, no four in that. Yes, but I mean, you can HODL. do HODL. Well, that doesn't sound nearly as good. That's the thing. That's the deal with acronyms. You can take out sort of little prepositions and stuff to make it flow better yeah you don't have to use every single one as we will see okay uh but yeah hodl has basically come to mean yeah exactly that hold on so if the market is dipping hodl uh when everything's going well hodl just keep calm and hodl on as we say and it just yeah it means sort of holding in in the face of whatever the market throws at you and so you have uh hodlers yeah uh, you might see you might see phrases like "I'm going to hodl Bitcoin until it reaches 100k." He's a seasoned hodler, hodl to the moon. Um, yeah, it's fairly self-explanatory, but I think probably it's the most. Hodl up one second. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hodl your horses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably the most popular uh, bit of crypto jargon. It's one of the few that's kind of really unique to crypto. 
I think. And that's what makes it, that's why it's kind of first on the list, because it originated on this forum. Nobody had really said it before, as far as we know. I mean, that typo, I'm sure, has been made. But yeah, it's perhaps the most crypto-specific bit of jargon, the most crypto-specific meme of them all. Okay. Okay. So... It's great to be a hodler, but there are we get a couple of derivative terms from it. And the first is kind of weak or uh, what's now known as paper hands. Paper hands. Yeah. So paper hands are the people who sell when the going gets tough. Oh, the non-hodlers. The non-hodlers, yeah. People who can't hodl. Why paper? Uh, I guess it's just flimsy, mm. weak. Mm. Um, because we'll see there's a counterpoint, uh, there's a counterpoint term to it. Uh, which which kind of sets it up nicely, but yeah, paper hands they just fold. I guess they fold. Fold, yeah, yeah. So the price origami goes down. Origami fingers, <laughs> not as origami. doesn't roll off the tongue quite. No, paper hands is a bit more succinct, I think. Mm. So yeah, the price the price goes down. Bitcoin takes a dip. Crypto crypto goes down or whatever. Uh, the paper hands are the one ones who kind of panic and think, oh, I better sell before it goes to zero or whatever before it loses. Whereas the hodlers are just like. Yeah, maybe I'll up. buy in the dip. Exactly. Oh, you're jumping the gun there. Oh, sorry. But that is another field goal. I'll give you okay. that. And you might hear when you when when the price dips, when Bitcoin or whatever goes down, you you might hear a phrase like "shaken out the weak hands" or "the paper hands are folded" or whatever. And you know, it happens every time crypto takes a dip. Yeah. People, the weak hands sell out. The paper hands just fold. So the opposite of paper hands is what do you reckon it is? I know it. You know it. Yeah. Okay. Well, fire away. Diamond hands. Diamond hands. Diamond hands. Yeah. Also known as hodlers, if hodlers. you like. Yeah. However bad the news is, the diamond hands don't sell. They no. are solid. No. Nothing is going to break them. Uh, and you could say, here's another little bit of jargon, and nicely queued up by that, diamond hands can be said to be holding on to their sats. Have you come come across this term before? Uh, sats. Hmm. No. Okay. Good. No, no. Wiped that smug look off your face. Oh. Um, so every Bitcoin is made up of one. Oh, these are the cents. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll give you half a point for that. <laughs> give me half a sat. Interrupting me as I. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so not one whole Bitcoin, but a point something something something. Yes, every Bitcoin is made up of one hundred million satoshis. Satoshi. Oh, okay. From Nakatomo. <laughs> <laughs> Nakatomo. Oh, I've actually forgotten it again. You have. So, yes, uh, Satoshi's obviously named after Satoshi Nakamoto, Nakamoto yes. the inventor of Bitcoin. And, yeah, so uh, 100 million Satoshi's, so it's a bit more than 100 cents or 100 pence or whatever. But that's what makes it possible to hold 0.0000001 Bitcoin, mm. for instance. So these u- little units of Bitcoin are called Satoshi's or more commonly uh, Sats. And at today's prices, of course, most of us can't afford to hold one whole Bitcoin. So we have sats instead. And you, you'll you often hear about people stacking sats. And that is basically slowly accumulating, ideally Bitcoin, in that other other coins, you know, are, what, are divided. What's, what's into, Ethereum's? Gwei. 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 Uh, I would, I will go into that when we talk about okay. Ethereum, but uh, it's that's one of those tangents that I could go off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, lots of these crypt, lots of cryptos have uh, these smaller units, smaller denomination units. But Bitcoin's is Sats. So yeah, stacking Sats. Hold on to your Sats. Um, you might hear people say they're hodling their Sats, or yeah, as I say, stacking Sats, accumulating more. 
Okay, so hodling, sats, diamond hands, paper hands. Another popular term unique to cryptocurrency is not your keys, not your crypto. Have you heard this one before? Mm-mm. So this is one, this is something we'll cover in more. We talked about it really in when we talked about blockchain. But the short definition is uh, that to fully control access to any cryptocurrency you hold, you need to have both the public private and, uh, yeah, yeah. and private key. Yeah. So but I don't hear this a lot. No? No, I don't hear you. Not your keys, not your crypto. Mm. I've never really heard that. Maybe I, I mean, you, I understand that, you know, you shouldn't give out your private key. Yeah. Because it's private. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, perhaps you don't spend enough time on crypto Twitter. I think I spend more than enough time not on crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I, need to be on crypto Twitter. Yeah, you don't want to or, spend too yeah. long on crypto Twitter. That is for sure. Not your keys. Not, but, so what were the people just giving out their private keys and then uh, crypto communities being very sensitive and going, well, it's not your keys, not your crypto. <laughs> I mean, that does happen. You yeah. do you do get phishing attacks and things mm. like that, um, trying to get people's private keys. Because obviously, as you'll know, yeah, you have your public key, which is a, a, view, a publicly viewable address that people can send crypto to, whatever, uh, whatever crypto it is there. Uh, and also, yeah, the private key, which is the really important one. And you, in order to send crypto out of your wallet... Out of your uh, public key, you need the private key, which is cryptographically generated and super secure unless you give it away. So, yeah, you'll often see you'll often come across phishing attacks where people try and, you know, trick people into giving out their private keys. But really, this phrase, this kind of mantra, if you like, not your keys, not your crypto or not your keys, not your coins sometimes. This more generally refers to the fact that a lot of people hold their crypto on an exchange. Oh. So usually the exchange that you bought it from. So let's say you buy some Bitcoin on Coinbase. Most people will just leave it sitting there. Now, that is that's fine to an extent. I mean, exchange security has got a lot, lot better. You remember we talked about yeah, that box. Yeah. Things have improved dramatically since then, as, as is hardly surprising, because that wasn't a sustainable <laughs> business model at all. Um, so, yeah, but the problem is that when you hold your crypto on an exchange, the exchange is the one that is holding the private keys. So hardcore crypto hodlers will say, if not your keys, not your crypto. So although you think you own the crypto, really, you don't you don't control it. You don't have ultimate control over it because the exchange has the private keys. And what you're doing is that you essentially have an IOU from that exchange uh, sitting on your exchange account. So what, what hardcore hodlers will say is that you need to self-custody. You need to take control of your own finances, your your own crypto, and you move it into a wallet that you control the private key of. And only then can you be said to really hold that particular crypto. So, yeah, and I think this is this is a good point to make because a lot of people are fine. If you've only got maybe a few hundred dollars worth of crypto sitting on an exchange, as long as it's a reputable exchange and as long as you've got good security in place, things like a strong password, two-factor authentication, uh, you know, if it's on your mobile or laptop or whatever, you know, that's secure, all these sorts of things, then it's probably okay. But once you start to accumulate more crypto, if you're if you're serious, if you're really stacking sats, mm. then you want to think about take self-custodying. And that means taking it off either into a... Um, 
uh, a mobile wallet, a, a software wallet, they say. There are desktop mobile option, options available or a hardware wallet, which is one of those kind of a bit like, like a, a USB. Trezor. Yeah, Trezor or Ledger. One of those, they look a bit like a USB drive. And that stores... But don't lose that. Don't lose that, no. Although you can you can recover even if you lose some of these hardware wallets you can recover it but you know you How? are taking it's a long story okay but do you hear that story of the guy who's trawling a uh, a rubbish dump a rubbish dump for his old laptop yeah we are actually in contact with him okay i think he's going to come to our event we're sort of we've been kind of trying to um maybe make a a video with him a a, a documentary um, but he's kind of tied up with so many things trying to trying to basically make what? it happen that he can dig for this. Mm. Uh, yeah, and a, a crazy story. So when you, yeah, not your keys, not your crypto, unless you have taken custody of your own cryptocurrency, you can't really be said to own it. All you've really got is an IOU from the exchange or whoever else is holding onto it for you. Okay, so... Let's move on. Uh, let's talk, rather than uh, a bit of jargon now, any uh, collection of words, let's talk about a meme, another really popular meme in crypto. And Is that... it the dog one? <laughs> it's not the dog one, fortunately. No. We'll, we'll cover the dog one later. I want to talk, first of all, I want to talk about the laser eyes meme. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah. So this is where someone basically adds a pair of laser eyes to their it's usually to their twitter photo or you know another social media photo that they whatever they're using and this is generally accepted as being a show of support for crypto some would argue bitcoin specifically and it basically marks you as a true believer isn't it different color lasers for different Yes, it's that it's starting to go that way now. Some people are saying kind of red or orange lasers is should be Bitcoin. And yes. some people say, well, blue lasers are, I think, Ethereum. So when El Salvador, for instance, announced in 2021 that it was going to start accepting Bitcoin as legal tender, the president of the country, a chap called Najib Bukele, uh, he added laser eyes to his profile pic on Twitter. And that was, you know, that Sensing, almost kind of yeah. made it official. In a way, and actually, loads of other politicians across Latin America did the same to show their support for the move, and/or their intention to try and pass similar laws in their own countries. So it's a pretty powerful meme, and it seems to have started as a campaign to try and get Bitcoin to a hundred thousand dollars. And there was a hashtag, uh, hashtag Laser Ray until a hundred k. Other people say it just. It, other people, it's not not so much of an origin they just say it shows laser focus or extraordinary foresight or perhaps a mixture of all three or just looks kind of cool yeah i mean who wouldn't want lasers for eyes be able to be able to shoot lasers out of their eyes yeah I mean, that would make everyday life a walk in the park mm. you'd just get so much done wouldn't you some people say the laser eyes meme is related to anime cartoons uh, in yeah, anim- i can see that yeah you know when a character gets laser eyes it's like they're kind of leveling up or or they're getting a new power uh, other people say it may have started on the Clubhouse app. Uh, so it's one of these things, the origin is a little bit unclear. Um, and perhaps one of the most prominent people to add laser eyes to their profile pic is Michael Saylor, who is CEO of MicroStrategy, uh, which was a is a business analytics company, which has basically become a Bitcoin company because they've bought so much Bitcoin. 
Uh, and when Michael Saylor did, and Michael Saylor is kind of perhaps the ultimate Bitcoin maximalist. Mm. He is a sort of prophet for Bitcoin, just, you know, spends, seems to spend most of his time just talking and tweeting about Bitcoin and how wonderful it is. Uh, he had this to say when he added laser eyes to his profile. Laser eyes proclaim a technology to guarantee the human rights of life, liberty and property. Laser eyes channel action, even as they protect from dilutive distraction. Laser eyes signal intent. Just to, to a beat. Yeah. <laughs> Just to inspirational yeah. music in the background. Laser eyes signal intent to make hashtag Bitcoin an instrument of economic empowerment. Hashtag new profile pic. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Saylor is is great. As a little aside, um, he's he's great for a quote. He also describes Bitcoin, and this is this is perhaps the introduction that we should have used to it. Bitcoin as a swarm of cyber hornets serving the goddess of wisdom, feeding on the fire of truth, exponentially growing ever smarter, faster and stronger behind a wall of encrypted energy. Any more questions? Laser eyes. <laughs> Laser eyes, I think, are a really good example of the power of memes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, yeah, how, how memes on. just can start movements. Yeah, how they catch on and how... Just they, you. I mean, a lot of people. You don't even need them explained, do you? It's just like, no. It's, I yeah, I get it. Laser well, eyes. I, I mean, I say no, but yeah, I, <laughs> we just explained laser eyes, and I didn't know. Yeah. So yeah, I did need them explained. <laughs> Not everyone's as slow on the uptake as you are. Mike. No. Um, and here's an example. I mean, Elon Musk added laser eyes to his profile pic, uh, which he said was just for a day. This was back in 2021, I think. And when he did that, the price of Bitcoin jumped over six thousand dollars. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So it's the power of a meme. If you do it, if you add laser eyes to your Twitter pic, you are you are crypto from that point on. I've just done it now. Yeah, you're not allowed to take them off. Oh, can't you? No, Michael Saylor and his cyber hornets will come. <laughs> just so you know. Oh. Let's let's talk about another popular term. Uh, this often comes up in crypto now, but it's not. It's it doesn't have its origins in crypto, but it's it's used, I think, in crypto more than anywhere else, and that is FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Okay. FUD. This tends to refer to any news put out, most often in oh, the mainstream okay. media. Oh, Propaganda. Yeah. It's, it's, if, if, if you see a negative story about crypto, for instance, you know, one of these ones, crypto is a, a bubble like tulips or Bitcoin, Bitcoin dips and is dead or, you know, all this sort of stuff. That is, that is FUD. Or that's what the crypto community will quickly label as FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. You're spreading FUD. The Wikipedia definition of FUD is generally a strategy to influence perception by disseminating negative and dubious or false information and a manifestation of the appeal to fear. Does that make sense? I think that's kind of unnecessarily wordy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, basically putting out lies, basically putting out lies, spreading, spreading misinformation. And not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's essentially like you know, you, it's it's kind of, I, you can buy, I, either kind of amplifying bad news, so China banning Bitcoin mining, or making it sound worse than it is, or actively spreading disinformation. Yeah. So, um, the term has actually been around for quite a long time. There are references to it from the 1920s. So, oh, is it a financial term, or or is it? Yeah, yeah. I think it seems to have in. Well, it seems to have gained traction. It's bad, see, is that nineteen twenties? <laughs> I don't know. I, what when was Al Capone? Yeah, that was nineteen twenty. Yeah, prohibition. 
1920s. Uh, I think. Oh, okay. See, nailed it again. Another oh, field oh, goal. Yeah. Yeah. The term's been around since the 1920s, but it seems to have gained traction in the 1970s in the computer industry. So both IBM and Microsoft are acknowledged to have kind of mastered the art of spreading disinformation about rival products. So uh, IBM apparently spread a FUD about Amdahl, which was a rival at the time, and Microsoft spread FUD about Linux, the, uh, the, the sort of free open source operating system. Uh, so, yeah, this was the act of, yeah, I guess I think you said propaganda earlier, didn't you? Sort of spreading yeah, negative yeah. propaganda, not necessarily lies or well, misinformation. Like the world is round, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of, <laughs> all that sort of crap. <laughs> People who spread FUD are called FUDsters. That's a good word, isn't it? FUDsters, yeah. You're a FUDster. I like fuddy-duddies. Yeah, I think that, I, I, I did think when I was looking this up, I was like, oh, is that? So is that where we get fu- – but the fuddy-duddy is someone who's sort of old-fashioned and mm. a bit backward. A lot of people in crypto believe that the fudge you see in the mainstream media is kind of being deliberately spread or sponsored by tech giants, big banks, other corporations that are basically scared of crypto. Uh, so it's been, it's been deliberately spread as, as propaganda. And I think there's a lot of truth to this. But sometimes I think there is a tendency by some in the crypto community to just automatically attribute anything negative about crypto as FUD. It's like, ah, it's FUD. It's like, well, yes, okay, it's bad news, but it is it is genuinely happening. You know, uh, they have <laughs> India is trying to ban cryptocurrency or something like that. You know, it's not not necessarily going to happen, but this is this is actual news. Not FUD. So. Yeah, I think you have to be a bit careful of it. But having said that, there is a lot of fud about, so mm. take it in take it in your stride. Uh, in a lot of cases, people who dismiss any negative news about a project they love as fud without a second thought, they could be said to be suffering from a hopium addiction. Heard the term hopium? Um, it's just is it yeah? So they just uh, just blindly hope. Yeah, basically, hopium is having, uh, I guess, a blinkered, unshakable belief in a project, even in the face of evidence to the contrary. Mm. Uh, So a good example might be investing thousands of dollars into a crypto that costs less than one cent per coin in the hope or belief that it'll one day overtake Bitcoin in price, despite the fact that there are billions of that particular coin on the market and it has no possible use case. Yeah, that is kind of classic, classic hopium. It's just like, well, yeah, it's in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, probably not going to happen. But just I've case. got this with friends who want to get into crypto and they don't want to invest in the big ones because they feel that, oh, we've missed the boat on that. Yeah. And I'm trying to say to them, it's like, well, look, it, you, you, these ones are sort of you, you're going to invest this money. Mm hmm. It's not like you need this amount of coins. It's how much that money is worth. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, like, it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's all about market cap. Yeah. Yeah. The the amount of the amount of money invested in that cryptocurrency already, and yeah, this is a this is a good point because people are often attracted to cryptos with uh, what are called a low sticker price. Mm. So if you see a crypto that's maybe around a dollar, you think, ah, okay. I can get more of those, you know, for my, I could get a, you're investing a hundred dollars. I could get 100 of this particular coin, but I could only get a few, you know, a few thousand Satoshis of a Bitcoin. Uh, and there, and obviously you get this with the, with the ones that have really low sticker price in the fractions of a cent. Mm. I mean, if you invested a hundred dollars into something like 
Shiba Inu or something like that, you could get, I think, around a, a billion, which looks great in your, which looks great in your account. You think, wow, I've got a billion Shiba Inu. All I need it to do is go to a dollar. <laughs> and I'm but people don't realize that it's not going to a dollar because yeah. there are, I think, I think Shiba Inu. I think at one point there were there was a quadrillion in circulation. Oh, really? So if it did go to a dollar, it would become the most valuable thing. It would be worth more, I think, than the entire GDP of the world. <laughs> so, hopium. Yeah, okay. Okay. Should we take a break? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome back, everyone, to part two or part zwei, if you're German. Very good. Crypto has, uh, so I've got a warning for you here. There's a lot of acronyms incoming. Okay. Okay. We're going to cover, these are some common terms seen in crypto, but they're also kind of common elsewhere as well. But I thought I'd throw them in just for a bit of context. And uh, yeah, uh, we can just have a bit of fun discussing them. So the first up is good old FOMO. Yes. Fear of missing out. Yes. 
People are generally familiar with this. In crypto, it refers to buying a coin or token because everyone else seems to be doing the same. And this is not a good investment strategy. Unless you buy and then sell. Yes, as long as you as sell, long as it sell at the right point. Yeah, yeah. The old pump and dump. <laughs> we'll we'll come to pump and dump. Oh, is that another one? Yeah, you're jumping the gun. But uh, yeah, I I mean, FOMOing in that's that's a good verb, isn't it? FOMOing in, FOMOing in because everyone else is doing so. I I, I think is a little unwise. Let's just say, I think if everyone else has discovered it, it's probably it's probably already. Right you might have missed out on that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you. So you should, yeah, yeah, don't have, don't be afraid to miss out every now and again. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Roma, realizing you've missed out, <laughs> realization <laughs> of missing out, making peace with missing out. I'm not yeah. even sure how that would be. Okay, next up is YOLO. Do you only live once? Yeah. So closely related to FOMO, and again, an unwise foundation for any investment strategy. Uh, basically, YOLOing in, going well, you know, let's just do it anyway. Let's see what happens. Uh, as I understand it, it's to throw a lot of money at a crypto without really doing much research into it. In I yellowed in. Yeah? Yeah. Did you yellow or FOMO? A bit of both. Okay. Because... Um, a dual prong investment strategy. Yeah. <laughs> both YOLO, both FOMO and YOLO. Yeah. Um, I, I did a bit of research, but I mean, I didn't a, know what half of it was. You're, sl- you're kind of a YOLO type of person. Yeah. I think. I mean, so I, so YOLO every now and again, but like only YOLO with what you're you comfortable to to to, to yeah, see to, again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, in don't a have follow. Fear is losing out. <laughs> <laughs> Just YOLO. Yeah, uh, there is actually a crypto called YOLO Cash, and it's not very valuable. No. Unsurprisingly, and of course, yeah, as I as I've mentioned earlier on, the uh, both FOMO and YOLO can become verbs. So you can FOMO into crypto, or you, I'm going to YOLO into Dogecoin and see what happens. A couple of examples there for you. So why would anyone FOMO or YOLO into crypto? Well, perhaps one reason would be because they haven't researched it properly, and they need to go away and do your own research. D Y O R. I use this a lot. Because it's it's really important. If you're going to invest any money into something, you need to satisfy yourself that it's worth doing. So you need to do your own research, and you'll see this acronym pop up all the time. I mean, we are a we're about crypto education, so we do a lot of research, and we present that search for people to use as part of their own research strategy. So we never say, we I never say look uh, this video or this podcast is is going to tell you everything you need to know. It helps you. It, it should be a part of your own overall research. So mm. D-Y-O-R. And it's occasionally used as, it's occasionally used in a kind of insulting way. Um, so if you're sort of upbraiding someone for making some sort of mistake or, you know, n- maybe going aping into the wrong coin or something, oh, D- D-Y-O-R. No, actually, you'll find that smart contracts were released on Cardano a year ago, D-Y-O-R. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that, important. Though. That famous crypto community spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't D-Y-O-R, you might get wrecked. And this is spelled R-E-K-T. Yeah, so it seems like this. Yeah, because crypto people are so cool that they don't have the time <laughs> to write W-R-E-C-K-E-D. 
No. No, no way. Time is money. <sighs> Vowels, yeah. get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been buying crypto in the time it took yeah. me to write wrecked properly. Yeah, R-E-K-T, a phonetic spelling of wrecked. And that means basically what it's fairly self-explanatory, cleaned out. You know, you lose, lose your money. Wasted. Don't get wrecked. So a few more acronyms. Are you enjoying these acronyms? Yeah. Good, because there's plenty more. So uh, <laughs> some, something that may discourage some people from doing their own research is that it can mean wading through a lot of material looking for those few useful snippets of information. So what they want is the TLDR. Too long, didn't read. I know that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm on Reddit every now and again, and <laughs> there's often a TLDR version at the end of a long blog post uh, about whatever, yeah. uh, which is a, it's, it's the back page of a book. It's the blurb. Yeah. yeah. Just give, it, give me the, give give me, me the, give me the overview. Yeah, give, yeah. Me, give me the elevator pitch. Cliff yeah. notes. Exactly. I think everyone is probably guilty of this at some point. I know I am. Um, but it is the reason I make a lot of my videos, because I enjoy going through a lot of the sort of stuff that maybe people don't have the time or the patience or the energy to do themselves. And I think a lot of my a lot of the videos that I make are basically giving people the TLDR. Uh, so, for instance, I might read the entire Bank of International Settlement study of cryptocurrencies or uh, the World Economic Forum's Guide to Getting Started with Cryptocurrencies, which I think most people probably wouldn't have the time or inclination to do. And then I give the viewers the important stuff. I cut, uh, fill it out all that they really need to know and give them the TLDR. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so next we have BTFD. What you touched on this earlier? Buy in the dip. Buy the dip. Yeah. Buy the dip. But and obviously they've the, missed in the yes. The I. We all know what the F stands for. Do we? Yes. Well, we should do. Okay, let's start. <laughs> so, <laughs> BT. You might see BTD by the dip. But uh, uh, crypto, the crypto uh, community has kind of uh, changed it to BTFD. Oh, because it's cool to swear. Exactly. This, yeah, is pretty self-explanatory. It's used when prices are falling. Um, if someone expresses concern or starts voicing some FUD, any hodler worth their salt will come back at them with, with this. You know, hey, man, don't panic. Just BTFD. <laughs> it's a popular investment strategy. I I must uh, I must counsel any anyone listening that you shouldn't just base your investment strategy on buying the dip. Uh, it should be more than that. But it's sometimes when you see when you see your favorite crypto go down a little bit, perhaps that could be a good buying opportunity if you believe it's going to go up. Now there's one more pair of acronyms that I want to quickly touch on before we move on, and this is WAGMI and NGMI or you might say Nugmi. Heard of these ones? W A G M I. Yeah, Wagmi. And N G M I. N G M I. Yeah. No. No, these are these are quite new. Uh, these have only been sort of on the crypto scene for well since about 2020, so not all that long. Um, it stands for Wagmi is we're all going to make it. Oh. And N G M I is not going to make it. So apparently these terms originated on 4chan's fitness board. 4chan has a fitness board. Yeah. Yeah. I know 4chan is uh, an anonymous forum uh, where some wild, wild shit happens. It was, yeah. Kind but of... why do they have a fitness board? And why is we are not going to make it on there just because people are just like, oh. Well, there was, I think, I mean, I think it's a kind of bodybuilder thing. 
okay. from what I could gather. And, and there was, I, I think I saw a video of some bodybuilder, um, a kind of rambling YouTube video. I think he was Australian, and he was just like kind of rambling along, and he's like, we're all going to make it. We're going to be fine, bruh. We're all going to make it, bruh. And then that's just been adopted yeah. by the crypto. Yeah, growers. it's been kind of taken up by the crypto community. And yeah, it's a kind of common it's a kind of common theme. Again, especially on places like Twitter mm. and stuff. Don't worry, guys, wag me. We're all <laughs> gonna make it. Uh, NGMI is usually used about uh, it can be used about a project. It's like, oh, I see someone's launched uh, another dog themed meme coin. Uh, named after Elon Musk and Christmas or something like that. Yeah. NGMI, not going to make it. Or you could maybe use it about paper hands. Hey, look, if you're going to sell, if, you're, if you've got paper hands, if you're going to sell every time it dips, NGMI, my friend. So there we are. Okay. Okay, so that's uh, we've looked at most of the common acronyms you'll find in crypto, but there are a few other terms that are worth being aware of, and some of these concern the types of cryptocurrency that you're likely to encounter out in the cryptoverse. All right. Okay. So the first of these terms you'll hear a lot is altcoin. Okay. This is, is that really... anything that's not Bitcoin? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, spot on. Bang! Another yeah. one. Out of park. Um, so is Ethereum a, an Ethereum altcoin? Ethereum is an altcoin. Even though it is quite speaking. quite established. Even though it's very well established and many people believe that it were, may one day be bigger than Bitcoin, it is still an altcoin or an alt for short. Some people think that this kind of started as um, uh, as a sort of pejorative term, as you like, as, as Bitcoin as being, you know, kind of um, raining on their uh, raining on other coins parade, just being like, ah, it's an altcoin because it means anything other than Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so it's an al- an alternative coin. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's um, an insulting phrase. There are much worse. Uh, and another popular term is shitcoin. Again, this sounds pretty self-explanatory, um, but we do need to give credit where it's due here, I think. So do you remember we talked about Gavin Andreessen uh, yeah. in the Bitcoin episodes? He uh, used the term shitcoin back in 2010 on the Bitcoin Talk Forum, which is where we got HODL from, if you remember. Gavin wrote, if Bitcoin really takes off, I can see lots of get-rich-quick imitators coming on the scene. Gitcoin, Nitcoin, Witcoin, Titcoin, Shitcoin. And he said some of them are sure to attract users with promises like, why use Bitcoin where you can only generate 50 Bitcoins every few months? Use Shitcoin instead, you'll get 51 Shitcoins every two minutes. So, uh, yeah, another another uh, contribution by Gavin Andreessen to the crypto space there, the, the term Shitcoin, which I kind of think would probably have um, have found its way into the lexicon anyway. Uh, but it's suffice to say he was absolutely right to expect this sort of stuff. And if you want a good definition of shitcoin, uh, a chap called Ruben Somson, who hosts the Unhashed podcast, gave it. He uh, defined it as, quote, a coin that can be predicted to go to zero because of its flawed fundamentals, its creators and early adopters deny all criticism and focus heavily on misleading marketing in order to extract maximum value from new investors, in inverted commas, saddling them with the inevitable losses. I think that, I think that sums it up nicely. Um, it's worth mentioning, though, that this definition seems to imply that every shitcoin is uh, a scam or a Ponzi scheme of some kind. It's basically a criminal enterprise designed to lure people in and then disappear with their money. Okay, mm. And let's face it, a lot of them are. But I think the key phrase from that quote is flawed fundamentals. 
So although most shitcoins or many shitcoins are designed to scam people, not all of them are. Some of them may actually be created with good intentions, but just be poorly designed or built by people who don't really know what they're doing. Um, or they might not really have a valid use case, even though uh, the creators might think they do. A good example here was back in back in 2017 when there were new coins appearing uh, every day. Yeah, there was one called uh, Dentacoin, which was a, a a cryptocurrency designed to be used by dentists. Okay. Now that could have been a scam. Um, I'm yeah, history history doesn't relate, but yeah, it's a kind of good example. It's like oh, you know, someone's had an idea, but actually they haven't really thought it through. I mean. Why, why are dentists going to use yeah. a particular coin? So, yeah, so it's um, a shit coin is, yeah, flawed fundamentals, not properly put together. It might be a scam, but it's not necessarily a scam. Okay. Uh, there are lots of ways of spotting a shit coin. Are there any shit coins that have, uh, where there's, there's brass come good? That's an interesting question. I mean, I suppose you could argue in a way, I mean, a Don't. lot of... Well, yeah, Doge was the one I was thinking, Dogecoin, because that kind of started off as a bit of a joke. Because it's got the the dog. Yeah, exactly. And we'll cover this when we talk about meme coins in just a moment. But um, yeah, Dogecoin, you could say it was it was started as a joke. It was kind of um, in response to the kind of mania around Bitcoin. Mm. And yeah, it, it has kind of, I mean, it's it's in the top sort of 10 coins by market cap. Um, which is pretty crazy, really. So you could say, in a way, that's a shitcoin that's come good. Although I wouldn't say that, you know, I. Although it's got more, it's got more utility than than most shitcoins out there. You could argue. I mean, there are plenty of people who say um, Dogecoin isn't a shitcoin. It's it's a bit of a grey area, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, I there's th- no rules to what is and isn't a shitcoin. It's just opinion, essentially. Yeah, I guess you could argue that. I guess, yeah. I mean, there's no sort of, no kind of concrete rules. It's just, yeah. Does it have a use? Has it got, has it been well designed? Has it got good people behind it? I mean, yeah, I think, but you know. And you, all of that is can be kind of, you know, has it got good people behind it? Well, what's your objective? definition of a good yeah. person? Yeah. yeah. I think there are lots of ways. Yeah, you can, you can argue, you can argue the point uh, to death, I suppose. But um yeah, I mean, once you once you're kind of once you kind of know what to look out for, spotting a shitcoin is is fairly easy. Okay. Uh, so things like a small market cap, um, a non-existent or very tenuous use case, or if it's not listed on any reputable exchanges, those are all signs that you've got a you've got a shitcoin on your hands. And there's a subset of shitcoins, uh, a term called vaporware, and this is a term used to describe a project which is essentially all marketing with no actual product, basically nothing but hot air. And I think, again, that's a term that's not that's not unique to cryptocurrency. And, oh, yeah, in fact, this term originated in the computer industry, uh, but it's been adopted by the crypto community. Vaporware. Mm. So the other type of coin that we'll cover today is, yeah, we've mentioned it already, meme coins. So meme coins are closely related to shit coins, but they do nonetheless occupy a category all of their own. But a meme coin can be a shit coin, obviously. So a meme coin is any coin that's named after or riffs on a popular meme. And the most famous example here is Dogecoin. As I say, developed as a joke, inspired by the meme called Doge, which was uh, a Shiba Inu dog with a sort of wry smile on its face. 
Uh, and it would have kind of the, the Shiba Inu, the Doge meme, would have this dog sort of half smiling. And then there'd be some kind of text overlaid on it, usually in kind of comic sans with sort of wonky English, if you like, on top. So phrases like, oh, much coin <laughs> or very mouse pad. Very much. <laughs> very mouse pad is my favorite. So uh, here's a fun fact. The Shiba Inu featured in the original meme is a female called uh, Kabosu who was adopted from an animal shelter by a Japanese kindergarten teacher. Oh, That's a nice story, isn't it? I did look, uh, did do some research into the origins of this meme. It kind of gets the m- more mind-bending the further you go. Um, but Dogecoin has been a massive success for a number of reasons. Not least, you get Elon Musk happily tweeting about it. Uh, and I think we'll have to do an episode in the future about Dogecoin and meme coins because it is just this extraordinary thing that's just got completely out of control Um, and there are tons of other meme coins and let's face it most of them are shit coins (laughs) and in fact many people would say all meme coins are shit coins and they'd mostly be right although weirdly um, the dogecoin imitator shiba inu is actually quite an intriguing project but both dogecoin and shiba inu have quite a lot of developers actually working on them and they are trying to do quite a lot of different things. Yeah, we'll talk about meme coins in more detail uh, another time. But um, yeah, I mean, there are some wonderfully named meme coins out there. And I've got a list for you here. So I want you to tell me your favorite. Popular <laughs> meme coins include Baguette Token. Baguette Token. Yep. Hokkaido Inu. Hokkaido Inu. Akita Inu. Bichon Frisi Inu. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably... Jack in. Russell Inu. I mean, the weird thing is that... Yeah, Wiener Inu. Yeah, the weird thing is that, um, you know, the, there are so many imitators. Like, you know, the Shiba Inu thing is a meme. So you had Dogecoin. How Doge easy is, is it to Shiba- set up one of these then? Really easy. Okay. Far too easy because of... Uh, this, is something I'll, this is something we'll talk about when we talk about Ethereum. But basically, one of the things that Ethereum did was make it very, very easy for you to build your own cryptocurrencies on top of it, what are called ERC-20 tokens. Okay. And that's what... That's, again, that's another good thing to look out for. If something is a token, an ERC-20 token... It's not a coin. It's not a coin. A, a cryptocurrency coin lives on its own blockchain. So, for instance, Bitcoin... Uh, Dogecoin is... Um, uh, is a coin. It has its own, uh, the Dogecoin blockchain. But um, yeah, most of these, most shit coins or meme coins will be tokens because they're much easier to build. You don't have to build your own blockchain, which is very expensive. That's the, you know, that's the really expensive part. Uh, that's not to say that all tokens are bad. There are lots of good tokens out there built on other blockchains like Ethereum what we call layer one. So you have Ethereum, things like Solana or Avalanche or Cardano or um, Polkadot or, you know, there are loads. But yeah, a short, short answer is a token is built on a different blockchain. You're piggybacking on, on yeah, someone, else's, someone, else's, someone technology. else's blockchain. So yeah, so most meme coins are tokens and certainly all shit coins are tokens. Oh, reel through some more of these. Okay, so we had, obviously, and we're playing on the sort of Inu meme here. So we have Hakaida Inu, Akita Inu, Kishu Inu, Rover Inu, Keanu Inu, <laughs> Paris Inuton. That was a real one. Oh and then we have Mr. Bigglesworth. Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> it's a token card. Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a hairless cat. That's amazing. So the, yeah, I remember looking through. There was, it must have been in the back of my mind, there was a Mr. Bigglesworth token. I mean, that could still well be, could well still be. Um, sad cat token. Uh, then you had Bingus Token and Space Penguin. Space Penguin. Yeah. 
Is that your favourite? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... I Which think... one? You've got $1,000. You've got to spend it on one of these. You've got to buy one of these. What are you going to buy? <sighs> it's a toss between Keanu Inu and Space mm. Penguin. On that note, should we take a break? Yeah. I think we'd better... Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome back, everyone, to part three. Part three. So we've talked about shit coins, we've talked about meme coins, and that means it's probably a good moment to start talking about some of the scams and general skullduggery that you'll find Skull, in crypto. I, I like that word, skullduggery. Yeah, it is a good word, yeah. isn't it? And because it's important to talk about this because there are a few terms that are associated with it, a few things that you should look out for. Mm. Now, I should point out that there's the, the scams and general skullduggery in in all walks of life, they're not yes. unique to crypto. No, um, but that said, uh, the crypto the cryptoverse has attracted a lot of scammers. So it is important to be vigilant, especially as the technology evolves and scammers get more sophisticated. Education is the only way we can fight these people. 
So do you remember we talked about um, about doing your own research about DYOR? Yeah. Well, that's because uh, there are a lot of people out there who will happily go on the Internet and just tell you to buy a particular coin or token because it's going to the moon and it's going to make you rich. Okay, and this sort of person is often described as a shill. Shill. Have you heard that term? Yes. This has it, the term's been around for a long time. Some think it may it might have uh, Yiddish origins. Um, the traditional definition of a shill is, uh, according to Wikipedia again, a plant or a stooge, a person who publicly helps or gives credibility to a person or organisation without disclosing that they have a close relationship with said person mm. or organisation. And uh, so in cryptocurrency terms, a shill basically refers to anyone promoting a coin or token with the intention of making money from it. So they might own a lot of that crypto themselves or they might be being paid to promote it. Uh, they might even be a part of the team that's developed it. They've got skin in the game, basically. Uh, a shill can, in some cases, though, be doing the exact opposite. So they could be spreading FUD about a crypto because they work for another. They work for a rival or they've bought a whole bunch of a rival uh, coin or token. Um, this is less common, but still covered by the definition. So either way, shills are not your friends. No. So that's why it's so important to do your own research, because if you just listen to, to one person uh, talking about a particular coin and say, saying it's going to go to the moon, then they could just be a shill. You need to dig deeper and find out whether other people are saying the same. Whether the sources are reputable. Um, and uh, shills, uh, closely related to shills are what are called sock puppets. So a sock puppet is someone generally on, on social media, so on Twitter, say, uh, which is just an account that is kind of set up to to help uh, to help a shill to to okay. yeah to, to post positively about whatever like uh, just one of these shilled. Twitter eggs. Yeah, yeah. Someone who's probably being paid or or again maybe invested themselves, um, but it's I, I, quite often these accounts are kind of fake accounts you know you might have lots of one person running lots of mm. uh, sock puppet accounts or even bots I think yeah we get bots to do it now okay so a common reason for an unscrupulous type to shill a crypto is because they're planning to do a pump and dump so pump and dump is a term that's been around in investing circles for many years but it's particularly common in crypto sadly so the person running a scheme will typically hold a large amount of a particular crypto they'll then shill it relentlessly talking it up predicting a massive price rally so this is the pump this is how they pump it and people will hear this positive talk and they will pour money in hoping for profit they want to basically jump on the bandwagon now as a result of this obviously the fomo the, there yeah fomoing in very good uh, maybe with a bit of YOLO thrown in yep. for good measure. Obviously, all this money flooding into the uh, the crypto that's being shilled will inflate the price. So the shill will then sell out once the price has risen sufficiently and bank a tidy profit. And this obviously is the dump. Yes. So you pump it up once it gets nice and high. Once you've once you've made a nice little nice little profit, then you dump. And you'll often hear the term like you know dumping on people sort of dumping on you know if you if you're shilling on a if you're shilling on social media you might be dumping on your followers say oh uh, yeah yeah uh if now if the followers are lucky perhaps if they now quite often people can spot a pump and dump happening so if they suspect that it is a pump and dump um a handful of investors might cash out around the same time and make some money themselves as well as you know as well as the shill but most of them won't uh, they'll see the price crash and it'll become clear that there's nothing all that special about the project the 
Bitcoin has just reached its or token has reached its highest possible price. So these are the guys who who lose out and then wrecked. They get wrecked and they are left holding the bag. Okay, that's another that's another common term that you'll that you'll hear. I've heard that some nights. <laughs> you you're often left holding the bag at the end of a night. Aren't yeah, you? I bet you are. Okay. Not anymore. Not anymore. Those, those days, days are behind. those days are sadly gone. Now, pump and dumps are pretty common, and they're also very tricky to prove. You know, you you to, to prove that someone's to prove that someone's invested in in the coin or that they're being paid to do so. Yeah, it's not easy. So again, this is another reason why it's so important to DYOR, and also why I should say any crypto influencer worth their salt will disclose the fact that they hold a particular coin or token before giving it a glowing review. Mm. And this is something I do at the beginning. Whenever I do a deep dive into a project, I always uh, very meticulous about saying whether I hold the coin or token that I'm talking about, um, because it's you know just for transparency. So as if I, you know, if I do talk very positively about the project, then at least people know that I am invested, that I have skin in the game. Although obviously I still try to be objective. So another common type of scam that we see a lot is known as a rug pull. Now, this is where the founders or the team behind a crypto project will will basically solicit investment, generally hype the project and then disappear with investors money. OK, vaporware projects do this a lot. And sadly, it does happen a lot because the crooks know that there will always be greedy investors looking for a get rich quick scheme. And actually, where you talked about Squid Game earlier, Squid is a classic example of mm. a rug pull. They took the money in and then they disappeared. I'm not sure if they've actually been caught. And now we've covered pretty much all of the common terms and jargons now that you're likely to hear on a day-to-day basis as you journey through crypto. But so let's finish off with just two more that are especially popular with, uh, if you like, the kind of geeks out there. Mm. Okay, so you might hear the phrase code is law. Okay, now this refers to the idea that any good cryptocurrency should be governed by computer code alone. Basically, no human input. And if you like, if you remember back to Bitcoin, this is how Satoshi designed it. So no human or even group of humans could realistically gain control of the network. All functions, all the uh, rules of Bitcoin are controlled and regulated by the code that Satoshi wrote. And many hardcore crypto disciples believe that having humans involved at any point is against the spirit in which crypto was conceived. And basically, you know, they have a point because humans, humans are corruptible. Mm. They, we act out of self-interest and a robust code could keep us all honest. So, yeah, code is law is, is a popular term. It's, yeah, it, there's a lot of debate around it and stuff because what if the code is, is not up to scratch? What if the code is not great? And we have seen this with with projects in crypto before where uh, buggy code or code that wasn't written properly has resulted in disaster. And it's been very difficult to do anything about it because, you know, it's designed so that human human input is, yeah, is is, is not. But don't some people have access to the Bitcoin code? Yes. Yes, that is true. That is true. So there are a certain there's, there's a group of developers um, and a handful of them are able to make changes to the Bitcoin core software. Uh, but they have to be they have to have the consent of the Bitcoin community to do that. But how how does that happen? 
they have to vote? Do they do votes with Bitcoin or something? Or does that uh, yeah, there is a voting process, I believe. Yeah, the, the community. Yeah, there, there are ways that the community. Is that the miners who vote or is it the holders or is it a bit both? That's a good question, actually. I think uh, it could be the it could be just the miners. I mean, the Bitcoin community in, in terms of nodes and miners is so large uh, that it might be it may be might be quite difficult to get um to, to solicit votes from all of them. What's voter turnout like? <laughs> I would imagine it's pretty good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Bitcoin community is, they're, they're involved in it. Yeah, they're invested in it. They have, mm. they have a skin in the game. Okay, should we round things off? Yeah, we started with uh, the word that was unique to crypto, HODL. Mm. So let's finish with another one. And this one is uh, much less common, but it is Biddle. Biddle. Have you heard Biddle before? No. No. So build this, it. No. Well, it's related to build. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, a corruption of build, basically spelled B U I D L, uh, and it means being actively involved in crypto. It's sort of more so than just okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so like a miner or a node, like we we're just talking about. Yeah, they're biddlers. Yeah, um, but it, it kind of it kind of ex, it extends way beyond that um, because it could also mean building things useful to crypto as a whole. Okay. Oh, it's crypto. So yeah. So not yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So if you're perhaps recording a podcast, uh, telling oh, people biddling. all about crypto, we are currently we have a biddling. little biddle. Yeah. This term I think was first coined by another YouTuber, uh, Ivan on Tech. Uh, and it's yeah, it basically relates to. I mean, it can be anything that's sort of furthering the cause of crypto. So maybe it's writing code, or dreaming up new ways to use crypto, or thinking up new projects, making a meme, it. making a meme. Yeah, yeah, you could say yeah, that's that's biddling. Um, you could be writing an article about crypto, or you could be spending your crypto to pay for things. You were belittling me earlier. <laughs> belittling. Yeah, where you were patronizing me. Oh, yeah. Oh, on, a, I, on a crypto podcast. Oh, so, yeah, I was belittling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, I hope, you know, I hope you're happy because just by sitting here today and talking the nonsense that we've been talking for the past hour well, or so. Well, I've been talking. You've been talking since. <laughs> well, both of us have been biddling. We've been sitting here biddling, and I hope that we've advanced the cause of crypto in some small way. I hope that we've shed some light for some of our listeners, because yeah, if you're if you're just getting into crypto, I think it can be it can be pretty confusing seeing all these different all these weird words and acronyms and phrases flying about the place. And now, with with the help of our biddling, you are able to to venture forth. And uh, be acclimatized to, to that community, like blend in a little bit more. Yeah, we're like your little um, pocket phrase book. Yeah, as you wander around a foreign country. Yeah, we're kind of just, the cryptoverse. Yeah, yeah, we we're your one stop guide to the cryptoverse, and now you can now you can speak with the locals in yeah. their own strange tongue. Okay, so that is that's pretty much the end of the episode. I think I yeah. hope uh, I hope we've we've shed some light on some of those terms for you. If you have any questions if there are other terms that we've missed please do let us know and we can we can always update listeners in a later episode can't we because like any language the language of crypto is is evolving all the time uh, now i put together just to just to finish the episode off i tried to i i wrote a, wrote out a sentence in which i squeezed in as many of these terms that we've been talking about as humanly possible 
I've got diamond hands and I've added laser eyes to my profile to show that I'm going to hoddle my sats and not listen to all the FUD or get pumped up on hopium so I YOLO into some shitcoin which will only get me wrecked by some shill with their pump and dump scheme. How long did that take you to write? Uh, about a day. <laughs> day and a half. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Uh, we're going to be talking. I think we're going to be talking about Ethereum next time. Ethereum. Ethereum. Okay. You're excited about that one, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah it's okay. it's 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 a, a bit more to it than Bitcoin mm-hmm. because it was designed that way. F- from from you've alluded to that in a previous episode. That, okay, cool. The the guy who was who's invented it was a Bitcoin maximalist, but is now wanting to see a, a crypto that could do a bit more. Yeah. But yep. then that's for next week. Ethereum is much more in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Is it? I think so. I think you're going to enjoy it. There's okay. lots to talk about. So it'll be a couple, at least a couple of episodes on Ethereum, I think. Oh, really? We're going okay. to dive well, deep. Look, I knew quite a bit about Bitcoin. I don't know very much about Ethereum, so well, let's go. Soon. Thanks Bye, for listening, everyone. everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Coin Bureau podcast. If you'd like to learn more about cryptocurrency, you can visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Coin Bureau. You can also go to coinbureau.com for loads more information about all things crypto. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Coin Bureau, all one word. And I'm also active on TikTok and Instagram as well. Uh, first of all, uh, it's not thank you for listening. You're welcome for great content. Yeah, like... This is free. And they're learning about a fairly great topic in a non-boring way. If you'd like to visit me and hear more about me, go to Moochabout, M-O-O-C-H-A-B-O-U-T, or else. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Coin Bureau Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.